The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talk Star Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, iHeart Radio, and Simul TV. If you'd like to find out about our programming that we have available 24 7, 365, all you need to do, Exxon Nation, is go to www.xzbn.net. Now, before I. Uh, introduce our next guest who is Jeff Santos. I'd just like to remind all the UFO groups, UFO researchers, ghost researchers, uh, ghost uh, teams, and research groups that we are going to be launching some television shows based on the videos that we receive from the paranormal community on the Exxon channel that is exclusively on Simul TV. So if anyone out there listening has videos or they'd like to become involved with what we're doing, uh, whether it's home videos, if you have clips on YouTube, if you're a team and you actively take videos during your investigations, go to www.xzonechannel.com. All the information is there. There's a form you fill out, and as soon as we get the form here, one of our segment producers will be contacting you. And you can have your videos and your team and recognition to approximately, right now, about 30 million viewers. So once again, that's xzonechannel.com. Exonation, my guest this hour is Jeff Santos, and uh, Jeff came to Virginia and founded Virginia Paranormal Investigations in 2008. He has investigated several hundred locations throughout Virginia and the surrounding states, and his research has led him to find Yorktown steep in paranormal activity, leading him to write his book. Joining me now is Jeff Santos. And Jeff, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you for having me. Tell us about your book, Jeff. Absolutely. Uh, the book is about Yorktown. Uh-huh. Uh, it's called Ghost of Yorktown, A Haunted Tour Guide. And it talks about all of the history uh, to 25 of the key locations in Yorktown. And it, of course, tells the ghost stories associated with each location. What was it, Jeff, that brought you into the world of the paranormal? Well, the paranormal is something I've always had a passion for uh, ever since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. You, you know, my dad was into it. He watched all the, all the UFO shows, all the ghost shows, and, and got me watching them. Uh, I had family members that had some paranormal experiences, and I had a couple of my own when I was younger. But uh, as soon as I was old enough to, to drive... Um, the first places I started going with my friends was out to, you know, some of the urban legends and the haunted places throughout our area. And uh, ever since then, it's just been a passion. I've always been into it. I've always been interested in, I guess, the allure of the unexplained, uh, the possibility of seeing something uh, from another realm or another dimension or uh, from the afterlife. Can you share your own paranormal experience with us? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess the, the first one I had, it was kind of strange. I was, I was a kid at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I had a dog, and not too far before this time period, I had, had a dog that had passed. But uh, I, heard, I was sitting downstairs, and I heard the dog scratching at the back door to go outside. So it was dark in this little alcove, mm-hmm. and I went in there to, to let the dog out, and I felt him push by me You know, when I went to reach for the door handle. And I opened the door, and, and the dog wasn't there. 
So I opened the storm door and went outside, and nothing came by me when I was going out there. And the dog was already outside. He came running from the other side of the yard. Hmm. So I, I kind of got the impression that I may have actually had a, a close contact with a ghost dog. Contact with ghost dogs or other animals, is that common? Uh, you don't hear a lot about them. You don't. Now, down this way, uh, there are people that, they've even written books about it. There's one that's called Ghost Dogs of the South, and then they have one that's called Ghost Cats of the South. And I know there's a couple cases, a couple stories with the ghost dog. Uh, one is, is fairly local out in Richmond. There's a place called Hollywood Cemetery. And uh, the the whole story is not, I don't remember it very well, but there was this dog that, uh, it was a statue and this little girl was fascinated with it, and she she died early. This was back in the time when when of yellow fever and such. Right. And the store owner actually donated the dog to her to her gravesite, so the dog sits on her gravesite. But the story goes that at night, witnesses supposedly had seen this dog come to life and wander throughout the graveyard. But uh, that's just one of the interesting ones. And, and there's been quite a few cases we've had where people claim they have seen... It's, it seems to be more so ghost cats that people have than dogs. So let me ask you, how haunted is Yorktown, Virginia? Uh, now, Yorktown, Virginia, I've found, and, and we've, you know, I'm with the paranormal team. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been all over the state of Virginia, the surrounding states, investigating everything from historic sites to asylums to people's private homes. And I have to say that Yorktown, Virginia, is, is probably one of the most haunted cities I've been in. Uh, the amount of ghost stories that come from Yorktown and the, and the paranormal experiences are just so extensive that even after I, I finished the book, uh, I was still getting more reports of, of paranormal happenings in Yorktown. And, and I said, man, I wish I had these a couple months earlier, you know, so I could have put them in this book. But uh, they're still rolling in today. So there's, it's, it's very, very haunted. I would say it's got to be among the top three or four haunted cities in Virginia. So why is Yorktown so haunted? Is, 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 it, uh, is it a location that is rich with history? It is, and it's one of these, it's kind of a hidden gem. Like, it's okay. overlooked a lot of times by people because of the tourist attractions that are in the, in the area around it, such as Williamsburg and Jamestown. Mm-hmm. But Yorktown... It saw a lot of tragedy in its time. It saw two wars. It saw the Civil War. Before that, it saw the Revolutionary War. In between, there was a great fire that swept through and destroyed a portion of the town. Uh, so it saw a lot of tragedy. The town itself was actually a battlefield. Uh, one amazing story is, is that during the Revolutionary War, Washington was up in New York fighting General Clinton, and Lord Cornwallis of the British and his troops had moved in to Yorktown so Washington, he actually snuck out of New York. He slipped out of New York in the middle of the night, and he made it all the way down to Yorktown on foot. And New York from Yorktown, that's, uh, I don't know how to put it, mileage, but it's a good eight, nine-hour drive at least. So he, these guys are coming down mm-hmm. on foot, you know, some of them with no shoes, half-starved, half-dead, and they surround the city of Yorktown, and they bombard it with cannonballs uh, and muskets. And they basically, the town, this is why it's called the Siege of Yorktown. And within days, Cornwallis surrendered to Washington right there in Yorktown, and that was the end of the Revolutionary War. So we could say that our independence was won right there at Yorktown. How many different haunted locations, not only have you listed in your book, but as you were saying, you're still receiving reports today and locations today. How many locations in all would you say are haunted based on your research alone of Yorktown? I would say just in the... Now, Yorktown, York County encompasses a lot more area, but just in the colonial town of Yorktown, uh, the colonial village, I'd say there's at least... 25, 30 places that are haunted. And out of those places, several of those places have more than one spirit that's attached to them. And how many of these places have you and your and your team gone to do investigations in? Well, with Yorktown, we've done mostly, I guess it's safe to say we've done all outdoor investigations. Uh, the problem with it is that a lot of the buildings in Yorktown, 
And they're either owned by private residences who, who won't let us in there, really. or they're owned by the National Park Service. And the National Park Service doesn't really look too fondly on letting a paranormal team in to investigate. Um, but we've done quite a few investigations throughout the outdoor areas that are haunted, throughout mm-hmm. the streets, um, certain valleys. And, and it, Yorktown even has its own urban legends that draws people from all over the Hampton Roads area of Virginia uh, it's an urban legend called Crawford Road, which is a more modern ghost story. But uh, we've been down there countless times over the past 10 years, uh, safe to say at least every other weekend or so. Wow, this is a, this is a very interesting. You know, I, I don't understand people like the National Parks uh, people who will not work with the paranormal investigators because, in my opinion, you people are historians, and all you're doing is reporting on history. Exactly. That's exactly right. And and I agree 100 percent. And another thing that that a benefit to it that I see is that, especially with younger people, that the thought of history isn't necessarily going to strike them as appealing. But when there's a ghost story involved, sometimes that ghost story brings people in and they say, all right, this is a cool story. Now, why is it haunted? And then they kind of grow interested in the history after they find out the ghost story and they want to learn more about the backstory to the ghost. You well, know, Jeff, why, why is the spirit still lingering here? What happened here? Jeff, we're so going to learn more about ghosts. Uh, more of an interest. We're going to learn more about ghosts on the other side of this commercial break. And Nation, our guest for this hour, is Jeff Santos. The name of his book, Ghost of Yorktown, Virginia, A Haunted Tour. His website is www.vaparanormal.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Jeff Santos and I return on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV. Plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like X Zone, Sci Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit 
www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Exonation Jeff Santos is our special guest. Jeff is the author of Ghosts of Yorktown, Virginia, a haunted tour guide. It's published by our good friends at SchaeferBooks.com. And Jeff, once again, using your expertise as a researcher into the paranormal and ghosts in Yorktown, where is the most haunted place, in your opinion? Ooh, that's a tough question. Now, I would have to say, there, being a paranormal investigator, of course, we've gone all over, mm-hmm. uh, all over the state, and one one place that is very interesting to me, where I have witnessed firsthand a lot of activity, and and I got to say, before saying any of this, mm-hmm. none of this stuff is like on TV. You know, most locations we go out to, and and quite often, more often than not really nothing happens at first glance. We go over the evidence, and in the evidence review, we may find something more subtle. We may pick up a good EVP, some responses to a spirit box, uh, an interesting picture, uh, something like that. But there are a handful of locations where I've actually seen something right in front of my eyes that was fairly eerie, uh, to say the least. And one of these places that I think is is I would have to say from our experiences, one of the most active locations is a place called Old House Woods. And uh, this is a place out in Diggs, Virginia, not too far from Yorktown. But uh, it's steeped in a mix of history, uh, lore, and urban legend. And the main story with it is is there was a pirate ship, and these pirates were being pursued uh, out on the high waters. They stopped at at this location of this patch of woods. And they buried their treasure. Well, the pirate ship got sunk out at sea, mm-hmm. and they never made it back to reclaim their treasure. So now people see strange things up there. They see lights coming up from the beach, lantern lights. They see uh, they see people digging out in the woods. They see headless dogs. Uh, they even have seen, this goes back to the 20s, there was a woman who wrote a book about it, and uh, there was a guy that from a newspaper, he decided he was going to go up there and interview the locals because there were so many ghost stories coming out of there. And there was a guy in a fishing boat that claimed he actually saw this pirate ship come sailing right up into the woods. And he went rushing home. He thought he was losing his mind, but his whole family had seen it. His wife and his children were freaked out. They were on their knees praying. And uh, it's quite a place. Several people have disappeared going in there looking for this treasure. Uh, There's also spirits of British soldiers that have been seen up there. Uh, there's a banshee that people have seen that says she warns of impending doom and a, a severe storm that's coming in. So it's just, it's one of those places that's just so much, uh, so many reports that have come out of there that w- it was one of the first places when I was here came down here to Virginia that I had to go check out. And uh, it's one of the places, like I said, where uh, there's been some weird things that have happened up there that I couldn't explain. That's Uria. I, I was getting goosebumps just thinking about this flying Dutchman ship sailing into the into the forest. It is. It's very eerie, and in the area itself, when you get there, mm-hmm. it, it's they they paved it recently, but it's still creepy. It used to be just a dirt road that went down through these woods to a, a small small public beach access, and it's kind of a it's a mixture of woods and marshy area. So you have those dead trees that just you know, extend out of the marsh, right? And uh, just the silhouette of them in the moonlight is an eerie sight itself. Let alone all the sounds and everything else that you hear as you're up there. So, when you're doing a paranormal investigation with your with your team, and uh, what is the name of your team first of all? Virginia Paranormal Investigations. When you when you and your group from the Virginia Paranormal dot com decide to go out and do an investigation on location. How do you proceed? Well, it, it depends. There are some things that are similar in all of our investigations mm-hmm. and there are some things that are different. So it depends. What we do mostly is residential investigations. And this is, we, we call them residentials. This is where people call us up to their house to come out and for various reasons that they think their house is haunted or they think they have some kind of activity. We even investigate 
uh, on occasion. It's a lot more less frequent than the ghost, but we would investigate people that claim they see UFOs at their houses and such. But uh, so, like I said, the, the where we're doing the investigation de- determines it. But we typically go out and we approach everything with an open mind, like anything's possible. Uh, at the same time, anything might have a rational explanation for it. So we do our baseline readings. We have a, a gentleman that his name is David, and he's basically our environmentalist. So he will look for any possible environmental factors that could contribute to the activity, uh, to the feelings that the people are having, uh, to the sounds that they're hearing, or whatever the report may be. And you know, we'll we'll take a baseline reading of the place. We'll go through get a baseline EMF sweep. We'll take the temperature readings in every room. We'll even use a gas meter sometimes or a gas detector to see if there's any uh, combustible gas that's leaking, any gas leaks. Uh, we'll use a light meter to measure the light. And we'll take pictures from every single angle of every single room of the house. And what we'll do, what people kind of wonder why we take these pictures like this, well, what we'll do is a lot of times something interesting comes up in a picture. And we always take doubles of the picture, but at the same time we want, every angle of every single room so that we can compare that to any photo anomalies that we get and see if there's anything in that room that could possibly explain what we're seeing in the picture. Um, then we go through, after we've taken all these baseline readings, we conduct the investigation. We'll go through, we'll do spirit box sessions. If it's quiet enough, we'll do EVP sessions. Uh, we have some different methods that we'll use. For example, if we're doing an EVP session, we want to make sure that any sound that we are hearing in that evidence review is actually of a paranormal nature. So what we do is we kind of establish a perimeter. We'll have somebody with the EMF or I'm sorry, with the EVP recorder, with the voice recorder. We'll have somebody standing outside of that room and that person will be taking notes of any sounds they hear. We'll have somebody with the clients and we'll have somebody outside of the house. That way, any noise that is heard in that vicinity is documented by one of these people. And if we hear something on the recording, we'll compare it to their notes to see if there's any natural explanation for it. You mentioned a spirit box. What is that? A spirit box, it's basically a radio, an AM, FM radio. And what it does is it scans through the radio channels. The the theory is that spirits can communicate through the radio frequencies. So you can set it to AM or FM, whichever you you prefer, Mm -hmm. experiment with different ones. And uh, like I said, it'll scan forward or backwards through the channels. You can adjust the speed. You can adjust... Uh, if it's going to, you know, like to go slower or faster. Right. And basically, it's believed, like I said, that spirits can communicate through this. Now, there is a thing called audio pareidolia, where listening to this sound, this, this bits and parts, and, and of course, radio speech will come through there as well, too. So you got to, you know, really have a direct response to your question to be able to rule it as possible evidence. Uh, but if you listen to this through a speaker mm-hmm. and you hear the question first, you're going to be somewhat biased uh, as to what an expected answer. So your brain will kind of put together this nonsense noise, and you might hear all kinds of answers coming out of there. So what we do is we have somebody wear earbuds. They'll just hear the spirit box scanning through the channels. They won't hear any of the questions. So that way we know they're not biased at all. And if they shoot out a response, to a direct response to one of the questions mm-hmm. we've asked, we know we have some uh, a little more solid evidence than just listen to it through a speaker. Sounds like a spirit box is like the old Bearcat scanner that people used to use going back to the uh, 70s. It would, you'd key in frequencies, and it would just keep on going between that frequency range at all times. Yeah, it, it's a yeah. lot similar. And you can, actually make, well, you can actually make one of these with an old Radio Shack radio. We've done that before, when we, before we got a more commercial one. Right. Uh, you can take an old Radio Shack radio uh, and... You solder a wire together in there, and it'll just scan through the channels. The only difference is you can't adjust the speed of that, so it'll just scan through the channels, and that's all it is. It's just a radio. Fascinating. Um, what has been the most uh, profound evidence that you have found during an investigation? Oh, boy. There was a good one. Uh, there was a good one that we did out in Winchester. Mm-hmm. And the gentleman up there, he had built this house in the 70s. It wasn't an incredibly old house by any means. And he, ever since he lived there, he's been seeing strange things. Guests have seen strange things. Uh, a, a man came over to do maintenance and was staying in the guest room, and the man woke up being held down by something oh, gosh. and freaked out and left in the middle of the night. But this guy, nothing was ever really 
as aggressive to him. But one thing he did see, he saw a, a woman, he described her as a woman and, and kind of civil a Civil War dress coming up out of his basement, carrying a basket. And he says, this is weird because my basement was built in the 70s, the 1970s, you know. And he'd see a man in a frock coat. So we weren't sure what to expect. We were trying to look up. There wasn't any battles that we could find because we always look up to see if there's any Civil War battles right. that may have taken place there. Nothing like that. Uh, well, through the spirit box responses, we actually got some good stuff that led us to believe that this spirit was actually Amish. And, uh, you know, I don't remember every detail right now, but I know some of the things that came through, uh, like we asked, uh, you know, why did you come here? And it said for the acreage. And it said it kind of with, you could even hear it talking hmm. with like an Amish accent. Right. Yeah. And there was a conversation at this point that we picked up through the spirit box between two, what appeared to be or sounds like two spirits conversing with each other. And the one had said, you could hear the one saying, I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid of it. And, and we, we figured that would make sense if they were Amish spirits from especially from a period way back. And they see this radio that's, you know, making this noise. They may very well. I don't know what that is. That's yeah. something of the devil, or you know, I don't know. I'm I'm afraid of it. So it it made sense. But we got some pretty good evidence at that place, I believe. Excellent. Stand by, Jeff. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exo Nation. Jeff Santos is our special guest, and he's with Virginia Paranormal. Their website is www.vaparanormal.com. And Jeff is the author of Ghosts of Yorktown, Virginia: A Haunted Tour, published by our good friends at Schifferbooks.com. Jeff and I will return talking more about ghost hauntings and things that go bump in the night here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Mm, ghost, don't go away. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada to the world and beyond, you're watching the X-Zone Broadcast Network www.xzbn.net I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, 
It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Jeff Santos is my special guest this hour, Exonation, VAParanormal.com. And uh, during the break, while you people were listening to the news, Jeff and I were chatting. And um, as I told you during the, the news break, uh, Jeff, you're, you're the first person who has actually been on the show in the 28 years that we've been doing this, who has given us um, a, 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 a look into spirits actually recognizing something that the investigators are doing and having a conversation with two spirits. Absolutely. And it kind of makes you wonder, you know, are these spirits kind of like us? Yeah, uh, where we're sitting here, we're trying to get, we're trying to see if we can pick up on some kind of activity from the other side. And mm-hmm. once in a while, something bleeds through, and we're taken back. Wow, did you hear that? Did you see that? Uh, I wonder if that's the same side from the other side of the veil. It's the same viewpoint where they're there, you know, they're going about their business, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, this noise or this image of us comes through the veil to them, and they're kind of taken back. Like, what is that? You know, I don't know. I'm afraid of it. I don't really want to go near it. You know, they're freaking out by it, just like we are sometimes when we see some things that we can't understand. I often wonder if, on the other side, that there may be those who do not realize, well, we don't even know if they're dead on the other side. We assume a lot. But I wonder if those on the other side have teams of normal investigators that try to figure out what we are. That, that's that's a very interesting theory, and that's actually that's actually something similar that we've talked about. I mean, we sit here and we come up with all these different. We really don't know, yeah. you know. We come up with all these different theories, and we said, what if even, you know, there was some kind of a uh, a, a time surge where maybe it wasn't even dead people that we were talking to or that was talking to us, but it was somehow a. a uh, you know, a warp in the, the time continuum or something like that, and actually communicating with a different time period. Or a dimensional you know, not shift, even yeah. spirits that have passed. Exactly, exactly. In, in your opinion, what is the most advanced piece of equipment that paranormal investigators use today in, in their investigations into the paranormal? That's a really good question. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably not the best person to ask for that, because I will say one thing we like, Mm-hmm. is equipment that's not made for paranormal investigating. Uh, we like to find out, you know, go into a, a store like yeah. Sears, go into the electronics section, into their tools section, and just kind of brainstorm. Now, how could any of this stuff that's made for, you know, normal handymen and, and normal electricians, how can any of this stuff be used in paranormal investigation? Because we know that this stuff is not being sold specifically for that. So we know any reading that it's going to give us is mm-hmm. going to be factual. It's going to be positive. You know, it's, it's going to be hard evidence. Uh, another thing is we like to, and, and I've been working on an assembling kind of an armory of older cameras, uh, actual reel-to-reel recorders, because one thing I would like to do is use some older equipment for a couple of reasons. Uh, I wonder if there's a difference between using a Polaroid camera and using a digital camera and what kind of images it's actually going to pick up on the film That's right. uh, when it snaps the picture. Will one of them be more sensitive to picking up spirits than the other? Same with the recorder. Are there things that a digital recorder can miss as it puts these as files into MP3s mm-hmm. that a constantly running reel-to-reel recorder won't miss? And also, in the end, if you catch evidence on one of these older pieces of equipment or these older cameras... You know, you got the negative right there. You got the Polaroid. There's no disputing it. It's a lot more indisputable. Yeah. So we're so we're more towards. I mean, we do like I said, we do use the EMF detectors yeah. and you know all that stuff and the 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 uh, you know night vision cameras and mm-hmm. the full spectrum cameras. But at the same time, you know, we don't go too advanced. We don't go too overboard with it, and and we really want to experiment more with using some older equipment. 
How, how does the person who owns the house feel? How do you deal with their stress that they must be feeling, you know, when there's paranormal investigators in their house? And how do they deal with the results if the results aren't favorable, in their opinion, because there is no ghost? Now, there, there are quite an array of, of different people mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to these investigations. And, and on one end of the spectrum, you have the person who uh, just says, you know what, I think there's something in my house. It's not bothering me, but I feel like I'm going crazy, and I'd like to see if there's any evidence that there's something here. And, and sometimes with those people, you can either go and say, and we, we never tell them, hey, flat out, your house is not haunted. Right. You know, what we say is, what we say is we didn't pick up any evidence, but that just means that the spirits, if there are spirits here, they weren't active while we were here because they can definitely shy away. Mm-hmm. There's a change in the environment. There's new people in the house. Maybe they don't want to be discovered and they know what we're there for. So they're hiding, they're shying back. So telling people that, you know, not coming out and saying your house isn't haunted, but saying that we just didn't pick up any evidence and it very well could be haunted. We just didn't get any. That seems to get a better response uh, from any of the people that we tell. But, uh, you know, the people that get that confirmation, they kind of, they feel better. They feel better because they, they feel that they're a little more sane. You know, they don't, they feel like, all right, these bumps that I'm hearing in the night and these, these things that I'm seeing, it's not just in my head. So I'm not going crazy. Now there are people that are, are very afraid of what's going on in their house. There's something bothering them that they really want out of their house. And, uh, you know, it's the same situation. Sometimes we'll be able to go in there and, and get good evidence of what's there and be able to help them, you know, figure out the appropriate measures. And other times there'll be people that are saying they're getting scratched and, and you know, okay. hearing growling and everything else. And we'll go in that house and we won't pick up a shred of evidence. So it all it all varies on, on uh, the case and, and the client, of course. Are there more cases of reportedly uh, demon activity or uh, are people being frightened more by demons or is this so part of what they see on TV that they relate and put into their everyday life? I, I personally believe that people are very quick to jump to the conclusion of demonic uh, haunting. Hmm. And, you know, I think the media does have a lot to do with it because there's so many movies out there and, and the activity that's going on, it turns hmm. out to be a demon. So people are very quick to, to think that. Uh, there are a lot of entities out there that can mock a demon. There are a lot of uh, malevolent spirits that will wreak havoc, that will, you know, touch people and hurt people and, and you know, such like that. Now, uh, when it comes right down to it, of course, that's one thing I don't know, and I'm, I'm kind of open-minded to, of course. Uh, I don't have any – I have proof that I believe that there are spirits, of course. Okay. Now, what they are – I, I don't know. You know, some people will come and say, well, anything that is, is, is a ghost is not actually someone who had died. It's not actually their soul. It's a, it's a demon uh, or it's a, the devil trying to deceive people. I don't have any proof that it is, and I don't have any proof that it isn't. You know what I mean? So I'd I be do. open to whatever I find out in my search for answers in that side of the argument. Is there any oh. skew that, that you, you've established throughout your baseline testing that shows that there are more ladies than men that report hauntings, or is there a certain age group? Is there any demographic that that you and other investigators have been able to look at and say, the possibility is greater that this report is legitimate compared to that report? I will say that one thing as far as our demographic of of clients, uh, a lot of the cases do seem to be from people that are stay-at-home moms. Really? And I believe that's because they're there all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, the husband, if he's not home all the time, or if it's vice versa, and the, the woman's not home all the yeah. time, because we've gotten several calls from men as well. But whoever's, not, whoever's at the house the most is what I believe, you know, has the impact, because they're actually going to see more. If this activity is only happening here and there, and someone's only there to sleep or they're only there in the evening and, and at night, mm-hmm. they may miss a lot of that stuff. They come home tired, they go to sleep, they get up, they go to work. Someone who's there all day and can really pay attention, knows what the house is supposed to feel like, know what things are supposed to look like, uh, they're going to be a little more in tuned and pick up on something that's not right that's in their home. 
Yeah, like, I mean, you know, you and I were talking before and so, uh, somebody who had a house who called, you, uh, called your team in was saying that they had they had been uh, assaulted by a ghost. And so has your team ever been assaulted or has there been an incident like that? I haven't personally been attacked by anything. The closest thing that we've had happen was a couple years ago, uh, one of our members, we were doing an investigation at a place called the Exchange Hotel, which mm-hmm. is out in Gordonsville, Virginia. And this is an old Civil War hospital. Uh, there were train tracks that came up to a train depot there where they brought in casualties from all over from battlefields. So very haunted location. But she was leaving, and she saw something in her car with her. So she stopped the car and, and hopped out of the car, and she said she splashed some holy water oh, around gosh. and said a couple prayers, and it was gone. But uh, it really shook her up, uh, the fact that she was driving home from this place, and she saw something in her car with her. Uh, the other, I guess, closest thing I can think of is there was a another gentleman on our team, and we were out at a location in Buena Vista, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of anger associated with this area, even the spirits there. There was a there was a, the kids were seeing a spirit of a man who was burnt, and this man stabbed uh, a boy and a and a woman, and they would see their spirits, and just a lot of anger. So this guy uh, that was on our team, he said he just felt really very easily agitated, unusually, uh, the whole time he was there at that location. And he said when he left, it even lasted a couple days. He was really snappy with people, and uh, it was he was just really short-tempered, quick-tempered uh, for a couple days after that investigation. So that's the closest thing we've had to something, I think, following somebody from an investigation or possibly trying to attack one of our members www.vaparanormal.com and Jeff's the author of Ghosts of Yorktown, Virginia A Haunted Tour Guide and his website um, it's, I'm sorry, the book is published by shifferbooks.com and Jeff, uh, where can people buy your book? They can, uh, of course shifferbooks.com, Amazon and, and all the local bookstores here around Yorktown Alright Such will have them out Sounds like a plan, Jeff, stand by We'll be back on the other side of this break Don't go away You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is TV. TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. 
former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From out of the woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Jeff Santos is our guest, www.vaparanormal.com. He's the author of Ghosts of Yorktown, Virginia, a haunted tour guide. And as Jeff was saying before we went into the last break, his book is available on shifferbooks.com, as well as all online book dealers and, of course, in the town of Yorktown itself. First of all, Jeff, thanks very much for joining us. Great pleasure talking to you. I love how you think. You know, I, I, thank you, thank you. It's, it's a pleasure being here. It's just, it's just great uh, when people think outside the box. And if somebody is listening tonight and they'd say, "Geez, you know what? Jeff's inspired me to become a paranormal investigator." What should this person do? How should they get the experience, the knowledge that they need to become a successful paranormal investigator? Well, that's a really good question, and and there's no, unfortunately, there's no classes, there's no, you know, accredited college that gives you a degree in it. Yeah. So what you got to do is just a lot of research, and it helps to have uh, some sort of background, or you can really apply many different kinds of black backgrounds to the field. Uh, my background actually is in law enforcement, so a lot of the uh, investigation procedures and stuff that we came up with earlier on the, uh, you know, early on mm-hmm. when we were making starting the team. Uh, my friend who started it with me was also in law enforcement, so we applied a lot of uh, police methods, uh, police investigative methods and such, to how we would conduct the investigations. Uh, a lot of the, you know, the the theories and such. Mm-hmm. A lot of reading, a lot of reading. And, you know, you kind of got to get out there in the field. It was a while, a a long time before we started doing any kind of residential investigations, just getting out there uh, and kind of perfecting our methods, testing, seeing what worked, seeing what didn't work, and seeing how we could try to get the best uh, possible undisputable evidence. So, in your opinion, what are the top uh, don'ts and then the top do's when investigating the paranormal? Well, uh, let's see. I, I would say uh, one thing that is a risk uh, uh, is provoking. Provoking. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes provoking may get results, but it can be dangerous because I've heard of people provoking in a, in a spirit that is there is, is actually a very uh, negative entity that lashes out at them. It right. hasn't happened to me or by any means, but I've heard of that happening. So one thing for, for, a certain, for certain locations especially you know, you don't want to try to provoke in, unless you're prepared for a possible backlash from it. And you always want to make sure that someone knows where you are, no matter what. If you're, Because if you're going out to, you know, some of these urban legends and some of these places, I love the urban legends, I do. And uh, some of these places are out in the middle of nowhere. And it's such an uncontrolled environment. So you want to make sure that you have some sort of protection with you. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that somebody knows where you're going and and you have a point of contact, even with the residential investigation, hey, we're going to this address and we'll check in with you throughout the night so that you know everything's okay. Uh, So it's good to have someone looking out for you for your safety as well. Take a first aid kit too, just in case. You never know when you're going to need one. In your investigation uh, team, do you use psychics? Do you use mediums? We have worked with uh, mediums here and there, mm-hmm. but we don't use them on the regular. No, we, none of us are, are mediums right. or, or psychics by any means. And you said you, you investigated urban legends. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, yes. What we, we love the places that have uh, a ghost story. And I'll tell you, there's one right down there in Yorktown that uh, is in the book, actually. And this one's a place called Crawford Road. Now, the story with Crawford Road is that there was a, a bride who was stood up at the altar. I'll make a long story short. Okay. And she hung herself from this overpass mm. on this long stretch of road that goes on through the trees and, and kind of out there, desolate road. 
she hung herself from this overpass. So now people claim to see her uh, apparition standing on top of the bridge, and they drive under it. Sometimes they'll do various tests and get various responses, but uh, one of the common reports is they'll look in their rearview mirror and see her hanging from the bridge. So this, this is an urban legend because we can't pinpoint the source of it. We can't pinpoint a bride that actually hung herself out there. Mm-hmm. At some point, this story started and, and passed by word of mouth. So we like to go out and see if there's any truth behind it and see if anything actually appears to us. And what did you guys find? Out at Crawford Road, we didn't find the bride, uh, of course, yeah. because, I, you know, like I said, I believe that's urban legend, though there have been many people that where they have seen her. So I don't know. I'm uh, open to the possibility yeah. that it's not urban legend. But one thing interesting that did happen out there, there's been a lot of other strange activity where people have seen uh, shadow figures. They've seen this tall, dark figure they describe as the guardian. Well, it, it was actually what we were trying to take a picture for this book, because in all our times going out there, we didn't have so much of a photographic picture of it as we did just kind of, you know, investigation pictures. There's kind of a difference. We're not really setting them up to be, you know, artsy or anything like sure. that. So we're pulling down the road, and I, I lean out. I have a little Ford Ranger pickup truck, and I'm leaning out the window, and I'm so, I've got a perfect frame of this bridge with the headlights shining on it and it's pitch black out there you know you can see a little bit of moonlight coming through the trees well i hear these heavy footsteps come walking up towards the vehicle so naturally i accelerated because there is a lot of there is some crime that's happened out there bodies have been dumped out there all kinds of stuff so i accelerated and and i decided i was going to you know give myself that reactionary gap and then turn around and, and get headlights on it and uh, Linda was in the passenger seat with me, and she said, she asked me what I thought. I said, well, I heard these heavy footsteps come walking at a fast pace up to the car. And she said, well, that's weird, because at the same time you accelerated, mm-hmm. she said, I saw this dark figure black out that back window. Oh, my gosh. And I stood by that back window, and you could see the moonlight over my shoulders. So whatever it was, was taller than me uh, and wide enough to black out this window and when we spun around and shown the headlights there, there was nothing there. So I, I'm not sure what that was, but that was definitely an eerie experience out there. Do you have any reports of Bigfoot in that area? Well, there are some reports of Bigfoot in what they call the Historic Triangle, which is, is Jamestown, mm-hmm. Yorktown, and Williamsburg. Uh, a little farther down towards Williamsburg, there have been some people that have seen them on Interstate 64 uh, near a more wooded area. The couple have claimed that they've seen them come out on the road and they stopped and watched them cross 64 and run back into the woods. But uh, that's the only one I can think of. There were there there are some actually interesting things in Yorktown because there's a bamboo forest. And sometimes, one night we were standing down there, we heard this clicking, just a single click. And we're like, you know, that sounds like those Bigfoot calls. Mm-hmm. So we stood there and listened for a while and you hear a click. And then from the other side of the bridge, you'd hear another click. And then you'd hear, like, another click. And we're thinking, if it was the wind, why wouldn't all these bamboo trees be banging together, you know, more than just one single click? So we did a little bit of digging, and and it turns out that, uh, you know, apparently it makes that sound because there are some that are just small enough to be touched by a light breeze. And when they hit against one of the bigger ones, it'll make a single click like that. So uh, it was most likely the the light breeze coming through, but uh, it was interesting to think, because we were like, oh, maybe there's a Bigfoot in Yorktown. Yeah, I, I guess, <laughs> plus bamboo, for some reason, the sound of bamboo hitting bamboo carries quite a distance. It sure does. Yeah, yeah it does. Listen, we've got about uh, two minutes left before you and I have to say so long. What are your final thoughts for the for the audience of the Exxon Nation when it comes to ghost hauntings and things that go bump in the night? Well, I guess, uh, you know, like I said, I like to approach everything with an open mind. So, uh, you know, I'd ask people that if you just uh, just kind of keep an open mind to possibility until and, and something's been proven mm-hmm. uh, to exist or proven to not exist, uh, if you have that open mind and a little bit, you're a little bit objective to it, uh, you know, you might see some good evidence or some, you know, evidence that uh, of a natural explanation, depending on what it is. Now, what what geographic area do you and the VA Paranormal team cover if somebody wanted to contact you because they feel that they're experiencing some sort of paranormal activity where they are? Well, we cover the whole state of Virginia, the surrounding states, 
North Carolina, South Carolina. Uh, we, we went down to Georgia a couple weeks ago, which is about a nine-hour drive. Wow. So depending on the case uh, and the, the, the need for us, we'll go quite a distance. If we can make it there in a, in a day's travel, you know, if we can make it there over the course of a weekend and back, then uh, we're probably willing to take the case. Um, one more question that, that uh, my producer asked me to ask you. Do holy artifacts, such as a crucifix, holy water, when you're dealing with the paranormal, in your experience, do they work? Or are they a placebo effect for the person who may be experiencing the paranormal event? I, I believe uh, the, the answer kind of lies. If they do, I do believe they work. Now, uh -huh. I, I've had several reports where people said things respond to these religious artifacts, right. move them, stuff like that. Uh, we have done, we don't advertise them, we don't try to promote it or anything like that, but uh, we have done, on occasion, a, a house blessing, a Christian house blessing. And I will say that just from the statistics, eight out of ten times the client reported that it worked for them. Now, whether it was a placebo effect mm -hmm. in some of those cases, I believe in some of those cases it definitely was, because... You know, the, just the way that it seemed when we were there, the lack of activity, it seems right. like it, it was very good chance that it could have been a placebo effect. Some of the other incidences it seemed a little more serious, but uh, eight out of ten times it seemed to work for us, which I thought was a pretty good statistic, and that's really all we have uh, to go on for whether or not it works. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you so much for joining us. A great pleasure talking to you. Please give my very best to the rest of your team. And as a law enforcement officer to another one, be careful out there, my friend. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right, Exonation. And if you'd like to get a copy of Ghosts of Yorktown, Virginia, a haunted tour guide by Jeff Santos, you can go to shifferbooks.com. You can go to any online bookstore. And don't forget your local brick-and-mortar uh, store as well. Once again, for more information on Jeff, www.vaparanormal.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. 
Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.